0: Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. As you get older, you realize that you go through different Phases in your lives where your priorities shift. We have a group of friends that we've been going to the Hocking Hills with for New Year's Eve for decades now. And over that time, we've raised our kids. And this year, we realized our conversation had really shifted away from more about what was going on with our kids to what was going on with our parents. In fact, there were three of our collective parents that were in the hospital that weekend while we were there. Unfortunately, one of them has died in the interim. In the midst of that discussion, my college roommate Drew was remembering once again the death of his own father, who died long before any of our other parents were struggling with their health. We were young adults at the time, just beginning our professional lives, and the timing of his father's death coincided with this weekend in the church's year. It was 1998, my first full year of ordained ministry, and on Monday of that week before Transfiguration, Suzanne and I drove from Worcester to Columbus to spend the day at the hospital with Drew's family. Drew was stationed in San Diego with the Navy at the time and couldn't get home, but he very much wanted to be there because it was apparent that it was going to be his father's final day on this earth as he was dying from a brain tumor. And so there I was, a surrogate son and resident pastor to grieve and minister to the family. But that wasn't the only thing that they had in store, because almost immediately after praying with the family, following Dale's last breath, I went out into the hallway to take a phone call from my parents, who were keeping vigil as well as my grandfather was dying from cancer in St. Louis. And so he died that day as well. Both my best friend's father and my grandfather were overcome with cancer on the same day. And it was almost too busy then to think about grief in that moment because we immediately went into planning mode. We needed to fly to St. Louis for my grandfather's funeral on Thursday and then get back to preside over a funeral on Saturday in Columbus. And for some reason, I was back in Worcester on Sunday to preach and preside for Transfiguration Weekend. Now, it seems odd to me in retrospect that I didn't take a vacation Sunday that week. But in reality, I remember feeling a great sense of comfort being back with my own congregation for that Sunday. And my reflections from that Transfiguration Day still resonate with me today. My sermon that Sunday began... The beginning of this week was such a blur. From the conflicting feelings of sadness and relief on Monday to the mad preparations of Tuesday and Wednesday morning, the rainy gray weather that we drove through to the airport seemed very natural for the kind of week that we were having. We slipped onto our plane at the last possible second and I sat there with my legal pad in hand beginning the process of sorting through the thoughts and feelings I was experiencing and trying to turn them into some sort of meaningful format for a service on Saturday. And as I sat there pondering my message, I was struck by the change of scenery as the plane began to lift from the ground. As we climbed higher and higher, we passed through the gray, rainy clouds. And suddenly we were flying high above it all. And for miles around, all you could see was beautiful, blue, sunny sky, and billowing white clouds below. And then the transfiguration text for that Sunday began flashing in my head, leaving the dark, dreary world below to see the glorious promise of beauty and hope before once again descending through the clouds to begin life again, refreshed by the promise. So I took all the flights that I did this last summer. Every time I... Took off and went up through that cloud line, I could still picture that flight from St. Louis. And a related experience on a plane happened coming back from an ELCA meeting in Chicago to the Cleveland airport and coming from Chicago to Cleveland your flight pattern goes right along the southern shore of Lake Erie and it was a beautiful, clear day and I was looking out over the lake as we hit the lake and you could easily make out South Bass Island, Middle Bass Island, Pele Island, and then all the way to the Canadian shore of Lake Erie. And looking at it from that, that vantage point, I also thought of being out on the lake heading over towards Pele Island one time on a boat in very choppy waters. And intellectually, you might know that Canada's on the other side, but you certainly can't see it when you're bouncing up and down across the lake, and all you can see is water all around you. And so I made a connection that day as I was flying over the lake to communion, as I was getting ready for a communion workshop the next morning. In communion, we get a foretaste of the feast to come. In communion, we get to pop up above the horizon and get a taste of our promised future where all are fed and all tears are wiped away. And while we can't always fully experience that now in communion, we get to pop up above the horizon and know that that is our eternal promise of where we are going. We can't always see it, but in communion we can touch it, we can taste it, and it gives us courage and resolve to seek it here on earth. We have baptisms each year on Transfiguration Sunday, and the connection biblically comes from the message from on high that echoes from Jesus' baptism. But theologically, I find myself thinking about this linkage between communion and baptism as our two sacraments. They are the means of grace by which we can touch and taste and feel God's grace and God's promise. They are our anchor to the vision that the disciples received on the mountaintop. In the vision, the disciples were taken above the clouds and the challenges of their daily lives to see a vision of Jesus and all his glory. And in the midst of the fear and the upset that they could see that Jesus was experiencing as he was debating with religious leaders in the midst of the oppression and the hardship of living in an occupied land, they had a moment where it was all clear that God was in control and God's kingdom was on the way. And of course, that's why they wanted to stay there in that moment. But before they were even sure what was going on, the moment was done, and they are on their way back down the mountain below the cloud line, back into the choppy waters below. But just as Jesus had been transfigured, their lives had now been transformed as well. They were no longer on the mountaintop, but they had been there. They had seen the vision that could stay with them through the difficult times when all they could physically see was cloudy skies and stormy seas. I had the privilege of teaching about baptism at our confirmation class this past weekend and then meeting with a family that's preparing for baptism later this year. and As we talked about the gift of baptism, we talked about what it is of assuring us of God's promised love for us for all of eternity. And at Confirmation last Sunday, we ended our time there at the font, dipping our fingers in the water and tracing the sign of the cross on our foreheads and remembering that that promise is just as true today as on the day on which we were baptized baptismal waters bread and wine at communion these are gifts that touch the eternal that can connect us to the unconditional love of God and carry us through those moments when we feel and we see troubles all around us and we can't seem to see much more than so in those moments these gifts become not only Signs of light and hope for us. They then become signs of light and hope that we can share with others in their times of struggle. I'll always remember the profound realization that I had as a friend came forward for communion. His mother had just died, and he came to communion. I could see him coming up the aisle, tears streaming down his face. And there were no words that I could say in that moment that would take away all of the pain. That He was feeling, but I was able to offer him something that went beyond words when I said, this is the body of Christ given for you. In doing so, I wasn't just offering words, I was sharing with him a taste of the one who has passed through death and has promised to go with us through all of our pain and our sorrows until we join him at the great banquet feast of heaven. We begin our Lenten season this week with the liturgy of Ash Wednesday, and we'll begin the walk that some consider the dark days of Lent. But I urge you to see in Lent something different, as an experience to have communion with God and the rest of the body of Christ by coming here to worship together each week. And by wrestling with God's word together in your journey groups. Splash water on your faces each day. And remember God's eternal promises through the journey. And renew your own baptismal promises to live and love like Jesus each day. Wherever you are in life's journey, however you engage in this Lenten journey here at Prince of Peace this year. Join us in our baptismal pilgrimage. And may we all be blessed then with mountaintop vision that lead us towards God's promised future. Amen.